I would say, you know, keep, keep a really open mind to, to everything that you do. Um, if your customers are talking to you, listen to them. I mean, uh, I think I should never been a sort of like, you know, you know, I can't, you can't tell people how to use your product. You can't say like, you're holding it wrong. You're using it wrong. You know, you're, you're there, you're there to serve them. So, you know, if they yeah. need something and they're willing to pay, you know, and you can do it, you know, and it wouldn't you know, impact you that much. Let's try it. Hey everyone, this is Devin Miller here with another episode of The Inventive Journey. I'm your host, Devin Miller, the serial entrepreneur that's grown several startups into seven and eight figure businesses, as well as a founder and CEO of Miller IP Law, where he helps startups and small businesses with their patents and trademarks. If you ever need help with yours, just go to strategymeeting.com, grab some time with us to chat, and we're always here to help. Now, today we've got another great guest on the podcast, Matt Soriano. And uh, Matt, as a, as a quick introduction, so his uh, parents uh, migrated or, or immigrants to the U.S. And so he grew up in the sub, suburb, suburbs, if I don't get too tongue-tied, of, of New Jersey. And uh, was always uh, liked to figure out uh, things, uh, how to do things for himself. Um, and so uh, part of that was uh, impacted by being a hemophiliac and so couldn't always play with team sports. Um, and so always was looking to figure things out on his own. Um, went to Dartmouth College and uh, uh, got a CPA degree, graduated, and started working for or worked for a hedge fund. Um, wanted to uh, take a break and uh, get back into the the into the world, or at least the outdoor world. Um, and while I was doing that, also saw that uh, 3D printers were coming out and the opportunities there. Tried a few different inventions and didn't uh, quite go anywhere uh, before coming up with his uh, current invention and pursuing it while also working uh, full time. So, with that much as an introduction, welcome on the podcast, Matt. Well, good. To, uh, thanks to, uh, to hear from you again, Devin. I mean, it's it's a, uh, it's been a rough ride. I, you know, I always say on the website, one bottle hydration is a one man operation. But <laughs> my my day job is a is a one man. It's like a one and a half man operation. So what's left for one bottle hydration is like a manlet. It's a it's like a dwarf operation. So, you know, there's a lot there's a lot to do, and uh, there's a lot to do. But it's it's so thrilling and fulfilling to work on all this stuff. Uh, you know, that's awesome. That's, that's yeah. always, it, that always seems like it's the case when you're ever getting a business up and going that there's always uh, more things to do than a person can do it, and yet you have to figure out a way to get it done. So that's awesome. So. Well, maybe to, to kick the episode off, um, you know, I gave a, a much more condensed or shortened version of a much longer journey. So let's rewind and unpack that a bit. Um, so tell us how your journey kind of got started with your parents migrating to the U.S. and growing up in uh, New Jersey. Well, yes, of course. Um, you know, it's it's kind of I, I think really, you know, the, the, you know, my parents are immigrants. They are doctors, which I really credit for my survival. Um, I, I am a hemophiliac. I was one in the 80s. It's that blood clotting disorder. I mean, I mean, think you're aware of Ryan White who got HIV and died of AIDS in the 80s because mm. he had to use donated blood products. And so there was always that fear, you know, for like 15 years of my life. You know, I could never really let you loose and have really a conventional childhood. You know, there was no Little League, no Boy Scouts. I mean, I barely got to learn how to ride a bike. So I always had to be sort of thinking about stuff to avoid getting hurt and needing, needing to replace my clotting factor and risking the AIDS. We've got better medicines now, but I'm so glad for my parents who kept me safe during that time. But, you know, because of that adversity, that's sort of the thing that sparks a taste for creativity. And I was always sort of a tinkerer. You know, if I couldn't play with the other kids, I was 
you know, build, you know, you know, taking apart their toys, you know, the mm. Legos, my, my dad does not, you know, he hated the Legos, but you know, the, you know, I'm, I'm always like, you know, thinking about new ways of doing stuff, new ways to organize stuff, but you know, life happens, you know, I work in the back office at a hedge fund in Connecticut and, you know, you work in finance, right. And you think, so the, the and, first, and de- before you get too far into finance, and we'll the, definitely go there because that's a good part of your journey. So you grew up kind of as always figuring things out. And, you know, mm-hmm. I get, you know, there is a not by choice, but you're having to figure out different ways to uh, find entertainment and get things going yeah. because being a hemophiliac, you know, you it, it, it creates a issue with doing some team sports and other things, which yeah. makes perfect sense. So as you're now figuring things out, you go off to Dartmouth College and what made you decide to go into being a CPA or kind of how did you get going down that route? Oh, uh, so, so entering accounting, I mean, it's, you know, you know, I think the main sort of you know, need for that is really, you need sort of, a, a, you know, a skill to feed yourself while, you know, while, you know, while you sort of like, you know, work on, you know, whatever you have in life, whatever I have in life, you know, I, I'll have some way of like feeding myself and, you know, getting and, and maintaining uninterrupted health insurance and, you know, living, right. You know, you need, you can, you know, art, you know, you know, I, I was never really a successful tinkerer until almost now. Right. So like, hmm. you know, you do need, you do need to sort of like, you know, pay the bills, you need to make some money. Um, there's always, there's always a need, you know, there's always a need for people who are numerate. Um, I'm really good with Microsoft Excel. So, you know, and, 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 you know, my, my hedge fund, Ellington Management Group is that, you know, there's a really great bunch of guys there. And it's a, it's a really sort of, you know, it's a really good sort of loose, easygoing environment. And so they sort of put up with my weird personality. So, and, mm. and sort of, you know, that's, it's, it's always been a sort of good place for me. They've been sort of tolerant of my stuff. So, so, you know, I, I was able to sort of stick around there for a, for a very long time until sort of, you know, until I, until it really, you know, you see, um, you see how like 3D printing is happening in 2013. You see mm-hmm. stuff like, you know, Elon Musk go from PayPal to Tesla to reversing rockets down on the, on the launch pad. I mean, you know, you can learn, you know, I, I, I really sort of learned from that. Like, we don't really need degrees and teaching. What we need is to learn. And there's, you know, I think, you know, realistically, you know, the early two, you know, I think sort of the late 2000s was when we really, that sort of huge creative flowering of like learn it on your own material came out, right? You know, you could learn from YouTube, you could learn from discussion boards, you can learn from Reddit. And, you know, I think another thing you real, I, I realized is, is that sort of, you know, the rest of, you know, that you, you know, you can't just sort of like learn something and have it be like perfect the first time. I mean, I, you know, I think the sort of, you know, main thing that I, you know, that I learned from all, all my sort of explorations after I started like designing stuff was just sort of that, you know, the rest is sort of experience, right? You can't, sure. there's no, there's no, there's no substitute for like iterating and iterating and iterating. So no, I, I definitely think that makes uh, perfect sense. So now just uh, rewinding and getting back just a yeah, bit yeah. of the journey. And so, um, yeah. so now you come out of Dartmouth College, got yeah. the CPA, yeah. went and worked for a hedge fund. And mm-hmm. I think as we chatted a bit before, cont- and I think you're still in that realm, but you're as you're working for the hedge fund, one of the things that you've found, if I remember right, is you wanted to take a break and kind of get back in the world now. World more in the outdoors world, not just get back into the world in general. And so now as you're kind of getting back into the outdoors world, how did that kind of, did that impact your set your direction or set your path in the direction where you're at now? Or kind of how did that evolve? I think, you know, you know, it's, I think, you know, when you work in finance, you really sort of, you know, realize the central rule is interest compounds, right? So your wealth 
grows from whatever you had the year before, right? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, the longer you spend within this world, right? Sort of the world where like the past determines the future, you realize how sort of constricting it is, right? You know, like you will not make like X amount of money unless you had like X divided by 0. 0.0 whatever the year before, right? And so, you know, it's, it's really, you know, it's really a, a, a sort of an abstract world that we live in, right? You know, like, and it's not really, you know, the choices that you make, the work that you do, and those things don't really sort of, those things have, those things are sort of like abstracted in the financial world, but those really aren't sort of like, you know, part of the models that we do, right? You know, it's, there's, there's a rate of return, you sort of work your way through it, you know, you sort of make these assumptions, but like, you know, there's no, it's, you know, it's really sort of like the past determining the future. And I want your choices to determine the future. And sort of, that's sort of that, 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 that growing sort of realization that, you know, you know, you get older in life, you want sort of more control and you want to really do stuff, not make the numbers happen. So, mm. so, yeah. so now as you're kind of coming to that bit of realization, just out of kind of, or partially out of curiosity, because you'd mentioned that you'd started you got you kind of got into the getting to the world and kind of taking or taking a diversionary view of hey i'd like to try and pursue a few of my own ideas and that now you've got the one you know the current uh, project and or business that you're doing now but what were some of the other inventions or things that you kind of came up with along the way oh man <laughs> there's a lot of cringe here right i mean like so yes you know I, I i talk a big game about like building experience some of the experience was kind of cringe um there was one time in my life when my wallet kept on sliding out of my pants so i actually said okay well i know this design software there are these like tile locator devices the apple the apple locator devices i designed like a sort of a clip a, a wallet with like a rigid spot to hold one of those things and like a, and a space for some credit cards it was it, it was so gigantic i mean it there's there was nothing compact about this wallet at all um <laughs> I was really into using mason jars for a lot of stuff. So, you know, I said, okay, well, it'd be awesome if I could, if I didn't have to like unscrew the mason jar, I could just like push a button and open it like those Contigo like coffee lids. So I tried making that, it didn't seal very well. Um, at the gym, um, there, were, there were TVs, but like you couldn't really, I mean like, you know, you couldn't really control the TV like you could control your TV at home. So I made like a little clip to hold my phone up on the TV. So, you know, it would be right where the, you know, right on the blank TV, but like you could watch Netflix instead of morning TV. And it was great because like I, you know, it was great because like you really sort of like built, it, it really, you know, you, you could build the habit of like, you know, exercising when you were watching your stuff rather than sort of like, going, oh God, we're exercising and now it's the Today Show. So, and you know, of course, I do, you know, I do enjoy the, the, the odd day hike once in a while. And, you know, of course, and you know, you know, I would probably be an early adopter with a trekking pole, but it kind of, you know, I realized early on, well, not early on that it, that, you know, that it's kind of, it's kind of terrible to like stop the hike to put your trekking poles away. So I like hacked something together with my design software to make like a little clip to hold your poles, like a little holster for it. But, um, <clears throat> That didn't really work because like the real problem was you're, there, there's, no, there's no real solution to that problem. But, mm. you know, the idea of like hiking technology, you know, another thing, the reason that we stop during the hike is, you know, to drink water. And then one bottle happens, right? You know, I realized that like, you know, you know, if you have a camelback, 
you know, 90% of the time you got it because you like the tube and the bite valve. You don't, you're not really caring about that flexible bag part on your back. If anything, that's worse because like it gets all moldy and gross. So mm. then I started like working away to sort of like combine it, to combine all the stuff together, combine like a regular water bottle with a Camelback. And then here we are. So here we are. I mean, I know it was a, a definitely a harder road than most. Oh my gosh. I, I kept the budget low. So I, and, you know, yeah, no, I think, and that's definitely insightful. So you, so if I had to kind of unpack that a bit, so you've doing a lot of trying a lot of different things. Some of those sound like fun adventures. It sounds like that they may not been quite as on the practical side or always worked as well as you have desired, but I think that's always a path to identifying the good idea that is impactful. It does, or does provide a, a path forward. So now as you're coming up and you're saying, okay, we're out backpacking, trying to solve some different problems. One of them was, Hey, I like the camelback with the idea of having the the ability to drink from a, a, a hose or a, a tubing with the valve without having to always dig into my bag and be able to continue on. And you say, well, let's make this a better product by letting you use your water bottle, which makes perfect sense now to help us take through. Because at that time, you're in, and I think even still today, you still have your full-time job. So how did you kind of, as you're coming up with the idea and saying, hey, this might be something to pursue, how did you build a business alongside doing the full-time job? I think, uh, you know, you know, well, I, I'm going to say like the pandemic kind of helped. Um, the, uh, you know, we were, I was at home. You can see that that, that 3D printer beside me was, uh, was sort of work. You know, I was, I was sitting, you know, at home sort of working with this, like, you know, while we were working from home. Um, I, I would also say that like, um, you know, I, I, I tried to sort of, you know, sort of keep, keep, keep the scale going like pretty, pretty low level. I mean, that's sort of one of the reason why I think the 3D printer was great because I didn't have to sort of like enter it, enter the one bottle hydration full hog, right? Quit my job, quit, the, leave the security and just like mm -hmm. go right into one bottle hydration. And it's a good thing because like a couple of the early ideas that I had for this product were really terrible. I mean, like they would not have worked that well. And, you know, I, I was able to like, you know, spend some time like iterating the product you know, keeping with my day job, manufacturing a hundred here and there, you know, getting advice from all the, from all my customers and then just like, you know, and, and getting better all the time. There was no sort of, you know, you know, I think, you know, of course, you know, I, there was no sort of like, you know, jumping into this full stream because, you know, yes, you know, I think human on Shark Tank always says you got to like, just do it, commit to it fully. But I think I took a, a different route of just bootstrapping it really i mean like i was you know making these i was making these guys selling them for 25 dollars each saving the money and then like you know working uh, going from there to pay you for your for for the patent and then sure. paying for the and paying for the injection molding and then you know it gradually like sort of spit letting the business grow organically so yeah i mean i think you know you know i think i think that the main thing is that may you know i try you know I kept the overhead low and then that mm -hmm. way that's allowed me to sort of like move more tentatively, make, take fewer risks and sort of bootstrap the whole thing. So I didn't see like, Oh my gosh, I'm $10,000 into this thing for the injection molding tooling. You know, I didn't make, I, you know, I, you know, I, I don't have to like, you know, sell the company to some guy who like comes by with a sack full of money that, you know, yeah. now like, you know, I, I still have this business under my control. 
So hopefully. no, and I think that you know, and it's interesting. And you mentioned Shark Tank and, and Mark Cuban because I've I think me and my wife we always watch them on uh, Sunday nights, and I, we've either watched all of them or pretty close or for all the seasons. So it's one that I I started watching, and then my wife uh, started watching with me. But one of the things that's always interesting is you notice sometimes they'll say you need to go whole hog or all in, and other times you say you spent how much or you did what. And I think that the the point is is you know whether or not you go all in or you take the the step by step approach iterating and or first of all keeping your or your burn low and, and not just or expending all the money when you're still figuring out the product and how it works and getting product feedback and then also keeping your burn low such that it doesn't burn the company or doesn't kill the company right out of the chute before it's even able to figure out what it is is always a great path and so now as you're doing that and you're also juggling the full-time job, I think that's kind of where you're at today, right? In other words, you're still the one bottle is continuing to grow and you're also continuing the one uh, with the the business. So kind of now looking and how, just to maybe give the audience a bit of an idea, how long has one bottle been around and how long has it uh, been in existence? So I've been, you know, messing around on Kickstarter for since about 2018, 27, 2018, took a break in 2019, but you know, the, the name of this company, One Bottle Hydration, came, came out in 2020. Um, that was sort of, you know, when, you know, somebody, I mean, I, I, I just made these things. I, I finally got like an order of like 40 or 50 of these lids that I need for it. And I was like, I put it on Etsy and it's like, oh my God, I've made some money. And then in ten, <laughs> and, and, ten and even if you don't make a lot of money, it's always those first sale or two. And it's just like, somebody actually will pay me for my idea. This exactly. is awesome. Yeah, I'm not alone here, like, you know, toiling for nothing. Someone else sees value. It was in Montana. And then another person, like, 10 miles away from him orders another thing. I was like, oh, man, this could get big. So that was in, like, uh, June 2020. So Mm. June 2020. But, you know, I was hamstrung by, like, lack of parts. Um, The volume started picking up in 2021. And in 2022, I finally actually transitioned away from my 3D printer. So I've been around since about, I would say about 18 months, you know, uh, mm. about two years, two, two years so far, do, you know, you know, you know, sort of focusing on the one bottle hydration uh, stuff. And okay. so, you know, so, it, but the real thing is I'm hoping to, uh, you know, get into retail stores, uh, maybe for spring of this year, maybe for spring of this year, you know, oh, there's, there's you know, yeah, I know, I know. And, and at, at that point, this at, at that point, this is this went from like hobby to side hustle to side business. And now I think it might, you know, maybe this could be like my job. But I mean, you know, that depends on that that depends on how well sort of like the retail environment works. But I mean, you know, you know, it's always tough. But I mean, I, I think I, I I've had, had I've have had to pay consultants. But if you think about it, right. I would have had to pay thousands of dollars to fly to Denver and talk to all these buyers and who knows whether, whether my personality would have actually worked on them. So mm. some things, you know, you can't, some things you do have to outsource. No. Yeah. And I think that, and I think that's also what you kind of learn as you iterate through the the process. I mean, you start out and it's a one man show and you're prototyping, you're doing sales, you're doing the marketing, you're doing the mailing the pro- or products and everything else out. And then as you continue to grow, you're saying, Hey, I'm going to continue to expand this. I need to bring the experts on board. I need to continue to grow it. And I need to continue to formalize and pivot and update and make it better. And so I think that all those are are great lessons to learn. And it sounds like, you know, it's continuing to be on the the path of continuing to grow and continuing to provide uh, what was started out as a hobby to a side hustle to maybe a, a, a larger thing. And that's always a fun path to go down. 
Oh, so yes. Now, so now with that, uh, as we're kind of reaching the present day of your in, in journey and even looking a bit into the future, it's always a great time to transition to the two questions I always ask towards the end of each episode. So we'll jump to those now. So the first question I always ask is, along your journey, what was the worst business decision you ever made? What did you learn from it? Um, I think the worst, the worst decision that I made was really getting so excited about this about 3D printing that that like I decided I tried to like 3D print more of the one bottle hydration system than I could, and I was basically like reinventing the wheel, and that was just dumb. I mean, like you know, it took forever, and I kept on mm. working on like how to optimize this rather than just saying, you know what, we can get these parts for three dollars from from AliExpress, you know, they can use translator apps. It, we'll, we'll sort of come to an understanding of what we need. And just this, this whole aspect of reinventing the wheel, that cost me a year uh, in, in, from about 2019 to 2020. So that was probably the worst business decision that I made. It's just sort of like letting myself get totally anchored into this way of building stuff. You know, the 3D printer is a tool, but it's not, you know, it, it serves one bottle hydration, not the other way around. No, and I think that uh, certainly makes sense. And I think that, you know, I've seen worked in, I am an engineer and worked with a lot of engineers. And one of the things that you tend to do as an engineer is what you want to have the product perfect and you want to have it just right. And then you're also always coming up with new features and new ways of doing it, which isn't bad. It's not that you shouldn't be continuing to improve and expand the product and making it better. But a lot of times, if you're not careful, what ends up happening is you're forever engineering, you're forever tinkering on it and, and working on it. And you're never actually building a business or selling it. And it never goes anywhere and so i think there is always that balance that you have to learn that by mistake is i can't just sit here and forever be trying to add new features or improving it at the expense of building the business and i have to find that balance so i think it's a, definitely a, a great mistake to learn from and a good one to make second question i always ask is so now if you're talking to someone that's just getting into a startup or a small business what would be the one piece of advice you'd give them um i would say you know keep keep a really open mind to, to everything that you do. Um, if your customers are talking to you, listen to them. I mean, uh, I think uh, the version of one bottle hydration that, I, that actually sells a, a, about 50% of it, which is this, uh, this version for the smart water bottle, um, I actually had to be dragged kicking and screaming into making it. <laughs> it was, <laughs> I mean, like, I sh you know, like you know, the, these, these, these Boy Scouts, where, where, you know, I, I had gotten popular on one of these like Boy Scout, you know, boards for going to the Philmont place. And, but like, there's, you know, these militant ultralight hikers talking about like, you know, you must use a smart water bottle because these Nalgene's are too heavy. And they were, they were saying, well, they were willing to buy a smart water adapter. And I was like, well, you know, you know, well, I don't think you should be drinking from that. I don't think PET is healthy for long-term exposure, but you know, I mm. should have thought they were willing to buy full stop. Yep. You know, and, and so, you know, your customers are telling you to do stuff. I should, you, you know, I should never, I should not have been sort of like, you know, I should never have been a sort of like, you know, you know, I can't, you can't tell people how to use your product. You can't say like, you're holding it wrong. You're using it wrong. You know, you're, you're there, you're there to serve them. So, you know, if they yeah. need something and they're willing to pay, you know, and you can do it, you know, and it wouldn't you know impact you that much. Let's try it. 
it's always yeah no and I, and I i think that's a great takeaway and i mean i think there's a balance right so you can't do everything that every client wants you to do or for you'll forever be changing the product and you'll never be profitable and yet to your point is if you're getting consumers that are continuing to tell you hey this is what we want this is can you do this and you know it's not just a one-off for kind of the fringe client but you're actually saying no this is something i'm repeatedly hearing and it's something that we could do and expand into and provide that pathway forward then i think it, it makes sense to explore those avenues you may find that it doesn't fit with your product, your mission, or anything else, but just to simply close it down without it looking at it, I think can oftentimes hinder it. So I think that's definitely a great takeaway. Well, now as we wrap up, if people want to reach out to you, they want to be a customer, they want to be in client, they want to be a client, they want to be an employee, they want to be an investor, they want to be your next best friend, any or all of the above, what's the best way to reach out to you, contact you, find out more? Um, I have a website, https.one-bottle.com. Um, I'm on Instagram at one bottle hydration, one underscore bottle underscore hydration. Um, you can email me at one bottle hydration at gmail.com. Um, and you know, I, I try to, you know, return, you know, I, I love talking to customers. I'm always excited to hear about the things that they're doing. Um, my latest customer actually is, is, is using his one bottle hydration system for his, for his $500 race car which is super exciting. So, you know, you know it's, it's going off into like, into like many different directions. Um, you know, I think I've got these wildland firefighters out there and, you know, I, I love to talk to customers. Don't forget to reach out. It's one-bottle.com um, and uh, uh, onebottlehydration at gmail.com, onebottlehydration Instagram. Um, thank you very much. I appreciate awesome. it. Awesome. No, I think that's definitely great ways to connect and certainly I encourage everybody to check out an awesome product. Full disclosure, it's one of, or it's, or Matt is one of our uh, intellectual property clients. And so I, I'm probably a bit biased, but I still think it's a good cool product. And both uh, my wife and uh, my, or myself and the kids have used it as we've gone hiking. So it's, a, it's an awesome product. Um, and also, if nothing else, reach out and make a new best friend. So well, with that, thank you again, Matt, for coming on the podcast. It's been a fun, it's been a pleasure. Now, for all of you that are listeners, if you have your own journey to tell and you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, we'd love to have you. So just go to inventiveguest.com, apply to be on the show couple more things as listeners make sure to click share subscribe and leave us a review so we want to make sure that everyone finds out about all these awesome journeys and last but not least if you ever need help with your patents your trademarks or anything else with your startup your small business just go to strategymeeting.com grab some time with us to chat and we're always here to help thank you again matt for coming on the podcast and wish the next leg of your journey even better than the last yeah i hope so you know you know it's i it's it's been getting better all the time so you know let's awesome. keep this, this trajectory upward i'm sure it will be a great journey thanks